You're listening to Club Thrive, the podcast with me, Kate Sterling. The podcast that helps ambitious, creative women stop surviving so they thrive personally and professionally. Improve your self-belief, your confidence, and dare to be seen, heard, and valued just the way you are. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Club Thrive, the podcast with me, Kate Sterling. How are you? Um, This is actually the first time I've ever stopped a recording of a podcast and started over. I just started recording the episode and it just all came out completely wrong Um, in trying to kind of not really talk about the news, but reference the news. It all just came out completely clunkily. And, um, you know, if you're listening to this in the recent weeks after some pretty big global news here, it's October 2023, um... I am not going to go into detail about the news today because I have found it deeply upsetting and it's not to um, it's not to diminish the news at all, but it's just to try and give this podcast out as a safe space for you to look after yourselves with whatever is going on in, with, in your life right now. So it might be that you're listening to this two years after I publish it and this makes no sense to you whatsoever. But generally there is always something going on in the world um, that we can draw, be drawn to or have our attention and our focus pulled towards that can be quite upsetting and for anyone who has found the news um you know whether it's in October 2023 or October 2027 um upsetting then I'm hoping this podcast will actually help you um to not only deal with moments like that in your life where the news might trigger you in a way that was unexpected but also just to kind of help you out um with yourself in your day-to-day life this episode is all about self-compassion and um it is self-compassion is something that I have used immensely over the last couple of years. It's something I care a lot about. I think it's an amazing concept. Um, I started doing it really without kind of knowing that's what it was um, as a thing. Um, I didn't realise that there is the kind of there are books written on it. It started for me as a practice to try and get myself out of a really low body um, confidence uh dip or a place of just general self-loathing about myself really um, which I'd experienced for years after having my eating disorder as a teen Um, but you know uh, I don't even know how many years ago it was but I made a commitment it was before I had my daughter I made a commitment to myself to um, get myself to a place so that if I did ever have a child I wasn't feeling the same feelings of self-loathing about my body that I had when I decided to make a shift towards actually you know looking after myself and appreciating my body and so for me my self-compassion actually came from a place of deciding to respect my body and to um, respect myself and to reframe every negative thought I had about myself um, physically I would look in a mirror and physically be repulsed by what I saw. It would take me hours to get changed uh, before leaving the house. Um, It affected how I would show up in social situations. I used to um, kind of keep it all together during the week, living a very restrictive lifestyle in many ways, and then kind of just have the lid come off at the weekend and uh, often, you know, barbecues or social situations, probably drink a bit too much and not always get out of control, but... um, you know, definitely there were times when I wasn't happy in myself and therefore alcohol was a way of kind of helping me feel more confident. And so the alcohol really wasn't a reason for me to start practicing self-compassion. Actually, um, I didn't even 
consider that until years after that I was, you know, I wasn't even really aware that that was a habit that I was in. Um, I just knew that it gave me a feeling of release and I'm not glamorizing alcohol in any way, but for me, it was like a pressure release um, of, of being comfortable in myself because for most of the time I wasn't. And, you know, that's often the case. I think if we've had an experience with food or with our bodies um, where we're not happy in ourselves, we can rely on that control around exercise or food or even alcohol or, or kind of, I don't know, other things that we do to try and keep us contained, to uh, keep a control of what we are putting out into the world physically and visually with our bodies and even how we dress or the work that we do or how we come across and when you have a desperate need to be liked and to be loved and to be accepted that can kind of subconsciously be impacting your choices as well and so for me this whole desire to really um make sure that if I did ever have a child this was really where it all started um I just didn't want to be a parent that was going to bring any of that self-judgment or self-loathing about myself into parenting and so years ago, I made that commitment to myself to um, to override the feelings of of just horribleness every time I looked in a mirror, just not being able to see myself, not being able to see my reflection, not being able to put on clothes without thinking I was, um, well, I'm just going to say all the things that I kind of don't normally say, and none of these words are ever meant to be upsetting. But, you know, I would say that I kind of, in my head, I thought I was fat or I was ugly or I just didn't look very nice. And, you know, what I've learned now is that these words, um, we've been kind of taught them not by our parents necessarily, but by the media and by, um, you know, how bodies are portrayed and by how we are portrayed um, as women in, in the press, um, as it was back in the day before social media, um, as needing to look a certain way to be accepted um, and to be successful. And I feel so fortunate and lucky that I grew up in a household where this wasn't even a thing. And yet I was so affected um, by it. You know, I grew up in, a, in an incredibly privileged environment and none of this, my, my mum was not a mum who had these issues. <laughs> I didn't learn it from her. She was amazing. And I, I am always really, um, I find it quite important to say that because I think a lot of the time our parents can get a lot of this um you know when we read things about how we've learned a lot of this from our parents like not all of us have actually some of us have learned it from the press and from the media and from just our own interpretations of ourselves um and so you know thanks mum for being an amazing mum <laughs> and having a healthy home environment to really um grow up in without all of this stuff um so you know i think it's uh an amazing thing to bring into your life um, is self-compassion. And the reason I've gone in a massive segue already after that slightly awkward beginning um, is that self-compassion has helped me massively over the last week. So when the news, um, which for me over the last week, I was so shocked and surprised like so many of us I'm sure and um, if you're if you're if you are listening to this out of context perhaps you might think of a time where you've been whether it's triggered emotionally or and don't go back don't put yourself into a position where you you know where you upset yourself I'm not saying that but where you have struggled where you have found things confusing or where you have not been able to manage your feelings or your emotions or what you're thinking this is also relevant so for me last week with the news here um, and in other times when the news has upset me, but I haven't ever had, an, I have never had a reaction like I did last week. Um, was so deeply upsetting alongside, um, I think, a couple of, I have very wobbly days just before my period comes basically with, um, with hormones. Um, that combined with the news was like a catalyst for an eruption of feeling. Um, deep grief almost that I haven't felt since the years after my divorce where I couldn't control my emotions and the 
I think as a parent now as well, we I found that um, for whatever reason, I was putting myself into a situation where I was visually, um, you know, seeing things, hearing things. The words that I was reading were really kind of creating a visual in my mind and it was all it all felt so personal um not as impersonal like it was happening to me but I could just understand it and I've always been someone that has had deep feelings and has been very empathetic um and I think over the years after my divorce I, I spoke about this in the post recently I really kind of uh, dissociated a little bit from my emotions just to be able to manage them because I've always been quite a sensitive person and that's done me very very well and as a coach I do that um, in order to hold space for clients without living their story so when we're hearing you know in a coaching situation for example if you are if you are, if we're exploring something, it doesn't help for me to get upset with you if you're upset. I have to hold that space for you and I want to hold that space for you. So you can, you can have these feelings and these experiences, but then we can say, right, okay, so how do you want to move through it? It's not therapy where you go and really unpack it all. Our past experiences ultimately do kind of impact who we are and, and how we act and the choices that we make. But we don't, in coaching, it's, it's all about that forward motion. It's all about, okay, and, and where do you want to go next? Um, but ultimately, you know, when you are stuck potentially um, or when you've got things that are feeling very overwhelming, then it's useful to understand why you might be finding something overwhelming, what's going on, what beliefs are there, what are you thinking in a way that might be keeping you stuck. And in that way, the past is then is relevant and, you know, things might come up from the past beliefs, what you've been told, things that you've heard, things that you've created in your mind. Um, and so for me, whatever happened last week was that, uh, something just kind of tr triggered off everything and my emotions just got the not the better of me but they really took over and I gave myself such a hard time I was like I'm a coach I should be able to manage this so there we go that's already one point where then you know that inner critic gets really loud of I should be able to do better why am I not able to sort this out I am and you know sometimes I'm like I'm bring my age into it as well just for that extra double whammy I'm 38 I'm nearly 40 I'm a mum I have lived through lots of things I um I do this for work helping others to manage themselves and I can't physically manage myself and and then also this dichotomy of I help others feel their best but also on the other side of the world there's lots of or not even on the other side of the world just you know in the world there's lots of awful things going on and um, I'm also kind of safe and fine and great and and so then you get this litany of of kind of explosive um not even explosive but just kind of that internal world that we live in gets very kind of confused because you've got all these things going on that it's like I don't even know how I'm meant to feel I don't know how I am feeling I just know that I'm not really in control of these feelings and so for me as someone who has um you know who lived in that world for quite a while after my divorce with the grief and the depression that came it wasn't scary necessarily, but it felt very familiar whilst also being very upsetting. So you've then got this weird juxtaposition of um, this is very familiar and it's weirdly comforting because it's familiar, but I'm also feeling great pain and grief. And yet I need to kind of get myself back into control to be able to move forwards. But I also don't feel very comfortable doing that because there's a lot of people that aren't able to do that. And then so what starts to happen is that we take on a lot of stuff without realising it, because quite rightly, there's also a lot of um, news, there's a lot of information going around. And so we're also picking up all these other signals um, that kind of can create this conflict of what we what we're doing with our own lives. And so last week I had to use so much self-compassion to um, 
to give myself the permission to say, not even giving myself permission, but it does it does come across a little bit like permission because it's that inner voice that says it's okay. It is okay to feel this immense sadness. It's okay. And once you give yourself that permission, that inner compassionate voice to say, you know, like you would do to a friend. So a thing about self-compassion really is if you're if if the concept of it feels selfish or if it feels too much, it's all about the idea of how would you speak to a friend? How would you speak to someone that you love? How would you look after a sibling in a similar situation? And rather than saying it to that other person, you say it to yourself. And when you're coming from a place where you've always had that harsh inner critic, where you've always been someone that pushes, where you've always been self-critical, to begin with, it can feel a bit uncomfortable or it can feel a bit like, oh, God, I can't talk to myself like that. That's so cringe. That's so awkward. And I think here in the, well, wherever you are in the UK, it's not a particularly widely used thing is to encourage ourselves you know we kind of stoic stiff up a lip just crack on yeah that was really good but what's next and actually the self-compassionate voice that you can develop gives you that opportunity to really hold space for yourself which just means to kind of create a bubble around yourself I guess or whatever you want to visualize it as or feel it as um like a blanket or a hug to be human and to kind of say oh actually I'm having a bit of a hard time and last week was, um, you know, normally I can kind of read the news and I can and whatever uh, and manage it. But last week there was a lot of stuff going around that I wasn't prepared to see. I wasn't prepared to read. I wasn't conditioned to process um, when, you know, if we're given new information that we've not had to deal with before, it can it can be hard to manage and it can be hard to know how to process it because it's either traumatizing um, or it's emotionally upsetting. Um or it's a little bit like, oh my God, I didn't even realise this was a thing. And so we're, we're then also, I guess, in a way, having to develop a new level of consciousness about um, the human race, about ourselves and about what's possible in the world. And I had this day on Tuesday, I think it was, where I knew I couldn't, I just, I was in such an emotionally challenging place, knowing that um, my mother-in-law was going to take Sienna on Tuesday anyway, my daughter. Uh, and I just, I was like, there's no point in me trying to work today. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to pretend. I can't just show up on social media and be my normal self. It just wasn't possible. And a big value of mine is authenticity and honesty. And to me, it felt like the ultimate fakeness. And so that compassionate voice came back in to be like, well, that's okay. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to push. And when we start to develop it as a bit of a, it's a practice, it's it's something like a friend that you can have with you for the rest of your life. You know, when I made that commitment years ago to start reframing every single negative thought I had about my body, it was a commitment for life. It doesn't just stop when you suddenly feel like, oh yeah, okay, I'm happy with my body now. Because we are always changing, our life is always changing, there's always changing landscapes, there's always new challenges, there's always new experiences. Our bodies are always going to change. My face is going to change over the next 20, 30 years or however, you know. And so to embrace all of that with the self-compassionate voice, we can then move with it. We don't have to stay in a certain place. And life always flows. And um, yeah, sure, it doesn't always flow like a lovely flowing river. Sometimes there's jolts in different directions, but it then allows you to kind of change gears as you need to, to be able to go in a different direction um, and to move as one with yourself. Um, and so last week when I decided that I just I was going to take Tuesday as a bit of a or I don't 
I don't know, is this a bit of a wanky saying, like as a, a bit of a self-care day? I just needed a mental health day, really. I just, and I, I have taken, when I used to work in TV, once or twice I I would wake up and be like, I can't, I'm not going to go to work today. I mean, this was over like a 10 year period. I just knew that it was better for me to take the day off. And as someone that hardly ever takes time off, I don't feel guilty about that. And on the Tuesday last week, I decided to go for a swim um, at a place I'm a member of. And it just felt so surreal because, you know, I was there swimming under the lovely sky and there were people around like having their lunch and, you know, the music's on and it smells really nice. And you've got people that are reading their, you know, reading scripts or having a meeting or whatever, swimming up and down in this pool in this beautiful environment all the time kind of thinking oh my god but there's people on the other side of the world that are also having a really awful time and the self-compassionate voice inside of me whilst I was in the pool was kind of just processing all of this saying you know okay well I can't help others if I'm in an emotionally distressed state I can't physically change a situation that is literally I just can't go there and stop it unfortunately as much as I would love to so what can I do? What do I need to do? What do I want to do to be able to best move forwards? And for me, it was allowing myself to feel a lot of the emotion, but without it drowning me, without it swamping me to the point that I wasn't able to then take a step to move forwards. Because I know that if I'm in an emotionally messy place, I can't work. I can't really be there for, it's not actually even about work. I just can't, I can't be there for Sienna necessarily as, as best I as I want to be. I can't, um, I can't make a positive impact. Um, I can't, I don't know how to help because I can't even help myself. And so I knew that the focus needed to be um, without judgment, trying to get myself back to a place where I was felt emotionally back in control. And I had a couple of coaching friends who very kindly reached out to me, who sent me some lovely voice notes that really helped to ground me, um, that gave me that permission as well to say, um, it's it, it can feel really icky when you're trying to help other people to live their best life and you are kind of in this world of privilege um, where you feel great and everything's fine and you're safe and there's lots of people that aren't experiencing that. And I think this, this self-compassionate voice for me has been all about really taking a moment to appreciate that privilege. So I was kind of, you know, saying, right, well, what have I been forcing? Where have I been pushing? Where have I been getting a bit wrapped up in following maybe too many Instagram business pages that are all about trying to build, you know, make £10,000 every month or whatever, when actually, yeah, I, I do want to do that because I want to build a great business. But like, it just started to feel like I'd forgotten a lot of the values that are important to me. I'd forgotten about the values of, of family and I hadn't forgotten about them. They're still values I was holding, but I had been distracted perhaps in trying to build a massive business or in trying to, I don't think it's about making loads of money, but making an impact and buying a house. Like I want to, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to um, not have to rent anymore. I want to be able to buy a house. I want to be able to support my parents. I want to be able to give to charity. I want to be able to support my friends. I want to be able to help other people. Um, and yet there was this thing of like, oh, but that feels so ick because we have so much already. And so self-compassion comes in and it's like, well, it's okay to feel all these things. It, so how can we best break it down so that you can still follow your values of, you know, family, helping others and um, and kind of in enjoyment and adventure and well-being whilst also... Um, you know, doing what you can to impact the lives positively of others. And it came back to me, you know, this focus of, okay, well, I can't help 
certain situations but what can I do in my closer network to help other people what can I do to best support my local community what can I do to um to build a business that is able to give back more that is able to um you know I think I saw that Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds or whatever have just donated a million pounds great like I want to be in that position I want to be able to give like all my money to charity and still have money left over to be able to live um, and so self-compassion helps you to to kind of bring it back into that place where you're not judging yourself, where you're not building shame and self-loathing in on top of all these other complicated inner critic, perhaps feelings and thoughts that you're already having, <laughs> not only about yourself, about your work, about your family, about the world, you know, it can quickly spiral. And so there is no right or wrong way about practicing self-compassion. My way of approaching it might be different to yours. Um, but I have I have kind of just jotted down a couple of ways that it can help you. So it can help to calm the inner critic. It can help you to get better at listening to yourself. Because when you're self-compassionate, um, you know, it's like saying to a friend, well, what's really going on? Like, you're not telling me something. What What are you not telling me? And it's about asking yourself all of those questions so that you can really soften the shoulders and be human in everything without having to put on a front all the time without having to push all the time with you know so that you have that space to say god actually I'm really struggling I feel bloody lonely right now I are oh, I'm spending all my time you know doing everything for everyone else and I don't have that time for myself whatever it is they're not bad things to say I think I don't know if it's a woman thing but you know I think we get very good at and I'm sure if you're listening to this, whatever your gender is, it doesn't matter. I think if you're someone that cares, you spend a lot of time probably putting in that effort and energy to other people. And then we can kind of feel very bad about putting that time and energy into ourselves. But in order to help everyone that we want to help, we need to do that to keep ourselves well. We need to do that to stay in a place where we're not going to social stuff at the weekend and getting pissed off our heads because we've been so tightly wound up all week that we're not well because we need that release and then we feel shame and guilt on Monday because you've let go so much that you start to hate yourself or whatever it is I mean it might not be that dramatic but you know I've definitely been in that place and and same with food where you're getting to a place every night where you're like oh my god thank god I got through that day and you're comforting yourself with your with food or whatever it is feeling crap the next morning because you've kind of numbed all those feelings at the time with food but actually you then wake up with that self-judgment with that self-loathing with that well look what you did last night kind of voice and that doesn't help because then you keep you get stuck in that cycle so self-compassion helps you to avoid self-judgment it helps you to if you experience self-judgment to say why right, hang on let's break this down I was trying my best to do something new it helps to reduce that fear the shame and the guilt when trying to even implement a new fitness regime so when you say I'm going to do a workout tomorrow morning and then you don't get up on time whatever and you don't get to do it it's not like oh my god you're such a terrible person it's a uh, okay well how can I manage my time a bit better so that I actually am able to get up in the morning it helps you with that relationship with food, with yourself. It helps you to forgive your mistakes, which then gives you that space to try a few new things, to build that confidence even. Because when we give ourselves permission to make mistakes, it means that we can go out there and try some stuff. And if it goes wrong, it's okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's not a failure. We just learn. There are all these ultimate opportunities to kind of really grow and to um, to really meet new people and to say, oh, okay, oh, maybe I won't do that again, actually. That wasn't really for me. But at least then you've given yourself that chance to try. And it's about not using your identity against you. Last week, I used my identity as a coach against myself. I should know better. I, I do this to help other people. Why am I not able to do it myself? 
And in separating the identity of, okay, well, in order to be a, be a better coach, I need to withdraw from social media a little bit. I need to sort myself out. I need to reduce my news content. I've taken the news app off my phone because I kept reading it and I kept reading loads of stuff. I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. That doesn't make me weak. That makes me a very sensitive person who is just not able to do the best work by knowing all the details. I can still help. I can still know about what's going on in the world. But if those details are triggering me off every single second, and if in such situations I'm hearing things and seeing things that I don't that are not going to help me, that's not going to help me help other people, which is then a, totally take me in a completely different direction that's not going to help. So don't use your identity against you. You know whether it's a, you're a coach or you're a creative or you're a mum or you're all of those things. It doesn't mean you need you should know better. It, you know it, we are always learning. We are human, and it's about giving you yourself that that compassion and that kindness to say, okay, this is who I am. It's a separate identity to who that person is or that that kind of thing is. Um, I need to be able to put my coach hat on for my clients. So I need to then separate these identities. And me as Kate is having a difficult time, but me as a coach is able to then be there and hold space. And I don't need to tell the world that me as, as Kate is, I don't need to show that. I can keep that private. So, you know, that's been a balance as well. I've had to practice a lot of self-compassion about how much do I show? What do I say? What do I hold back from saying? And so that self-compassion gives you that opportunity to kind of keep testing the edge to keep testing the water oh no that was a bit too far I'm going to draw back a little bit here I'm going to take that space to breathe to reassess self-compassion allows you to be brave it allows you to go out there and try some new stuff like I was just saying um, and so if it goes a bit wrong it's okay you know um, ultimately at the end of the day we're doing our best and that's the best you can do and you know self-compassion doesn't mean to say you're going to get lazy and sit on the sofa it says okay well this is where you're feeling a bit stuck so uh how do you want to move forwards not about kind of sinking into that that place of permission to just sink and to go into lethargy it's not going to do that it's not selfish it's not going to um, try and destroy you it's going to try and keep you moving forwards it allows you to be human so you can look after yourself and to to look after everyone else that you're also looking after you know you, you it gives you that permission to um take whatever time you need to 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 be the best version of yourself and it helps you to be accountable in that it helps you to say are you happy here actually are you happy no, I don't know if I am. Okay, so what do you want to do? What do you need to do to change it? And by asking yourself all of these questions, it's a personal inquiry that you can keep using that we would use in a coaching session for you to really uncover those answers yourself. You know a lot more than what you realise. And I say that as a, as a you, but it's really a we. We know a lot more than what we realise about what uh, about what we kind of even um, acknowledge for what we, are, what we need and what we want and what we are able to do. And often that has become Become so shrouded in what we do for everyone else we don't even know what we want anymore we don't even know who we are anymore and self-compassion gives you that chance to say okay well what do you want and sometimes if you are so lost within yourself because of everything else whether it's what's going on in the world or what you're doing for other people it's about coming back to that question every single moment of the day you know what do you really want to eat for dinner I don't know you do know you're just not saying it and you've not said it for so many years maybe that you don't even know so you do know, but you don't know. And the more you ask yourself that, the more you tap into the feelings that you get in, in, in kind of response to the questions, the better you will get to know yourself again, which helps you with that identity, with that, that sense of self, with, with that sense of power and strength and 
Um, and not just a can-do attitude, but a can-do with compassion, not only for yourself, but also for other people. Because what happens with self-compassion is that you become better at understanding your emotions, you become better at managing your emotions, which means in other emotional situations, you are able to support others as well. You're able to be more patient. You're able to also create boundaries so that you know that you are able to um, hold a space when someone is angry at you and not be affected because you know that it's not about you, it's about them. And it helps you to create that separation um, because you understand that maybe they are angry because of something else and it's not about you rather than in the past. Perhaps you've put it all on you as it being your fault. And it, it's, it, it allows you to overcome fear to be able to try new things. And 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 it gives you that that opportunity to, to um, experience things with love. And with love, there is forgiveness. You know, with fear, there is this sense of you're going to get it wrong. But if you go into things with that sense of love and potential, then it means that whatever happens, there is always a place to move forwards to um, and towards rather than it being a, a, a thing of, of kind of, of hiding and um, and... Um, and retreating because there isn't fear there there is this sense that everything kind of will be okay um so i hope these things help um sienna is just waking up so i'm i'm gonna i need to go <laughs> and, and get sienna but um i i just wanted to share that this week um and i think that you know wherever you are um, is to kind of give yourself that that moment of of self compassion. It's not pitying. It's not it's not kind of saying that you're. Um, it's not pitting you against other people. It's not saying that someone else is not having a tough time. This gives you space to look after yourself whilst also acknowledging that other people are perhaps having challenging times. It's not self indulgent. It's not going to, um, you know, it's not going to make you sink. Um, it helps you to say, right, this is where I'm at right now. How am I going to move forwards? It really gives you that that health and that happiness and that chance to move forwards positively to have an impact, to help other people. Um, and it really gives you that opportunity to, um, to reduce that shame, um, which will help you in so many other aspects of your life. So give it a go. I've got a blog post as well that I'm writing. So I'll post in the link for that too. Um, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask. I really recommend you check out Kristen Neff. I think it is. I'll link her website underneath as well. She writes all about self-compassion. But whatever you are experiencing this week, wherever you are in the world, um, whether it's 2023 or 2027 or whenever you're listening, come back to self-compassion. It is the most incredible tool. I, I practice it every single day. It is, that, it is that voice that comes in in the reframe. Every single time a negative thought comes in about what I'm doing with my work, about myself, there is a reframe there based in self-compassion that helps me to move forwards. And if that, that is something, the one thing that you take into the rest of your life, it will, it will put you into such good stead. Um, anyway, come and um, say hi on social media if you don't already, already follow at club thrive underscore please do rate review share this podcast please do share the podcast this week especially for anyone who could benefit from it to help us all come together to really do what we can to not just help ourselves but to help those in our close communities and wider world because i know it's a big wishy-washy statement but i really believe in the ripple effect i really believe that you know your own self-compassion for yourself will help you to hold space for those who struggle it will help you to um, stand up for yourself, to create boundaries that help you and help others to really wake up feeling 
more energized, more positive, more in control, more able to go out there and do the things and have the impact that you really want to have in the world. Um, not just in the bigger world, but also just in your your kind of one-to-one worlds um, at home and at work. Um, and, you know, the boundaries that you can create to look after yourself with self-compassion means that they're not, they don't feel so confrontational and they do allow you to be yourself within everything else that is going on. So if you do have any questions about it, please do uh, drop me a message, um, share this far and wide, have an amazing week and I will be back next week. Have a good one. Bye.